Hello and welcome to the Actors Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Lin Chen, and I'm sitting today in December on a chilly day in Los Angeles, which is rare, but it happens, with Stephanie Cordan. And uh, Stephanie, you and I have followed each other virtually for a while. Your fiance, Eddie Lin, has been on the podcast before, and actually... Before I even met you, he was telling me about how your diet is very different from his. If you go and listen to the episode with Eddie Lin at the Deep End Diner, you'll hear him talk about eating everything from snake to, I don't know, like cockroaches probably. But but then he told me about how he went to Veggie Grill for the first time, a vegan place in LA that is very popular. And he said that it was because of you. Yes. And uh, I was like, who is this woman? So. So we became virtual friends. It's been a while now, several years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you've been counting how many years we've been together. I follow you. I am obsessed. (laughs) I'm your stalker. (laughs) And so today's our first time really just sitting you and me together over a cup of tea that your daughter made for us. And uh, I just love to know more about the sensual foodie who is your alias. Right? That's I, right. You are you are Stephanie Cordon, aka the sensual foodie. Yes, that's right. Let's talk about that. Okay. First and foremost, how did you come up with the name the sensual foodie and what brought you to what what brought you to the sensualness of food? <laughs> well, I was a very busy working mom of three and I was supporting everyone all with my two hands. And I found myself becoming very frustrated as a creative person. Um, Originally, I'm an artist. I'm a painter. And I've been painting since I was 13. I um, just really wanted to write. And I never really considered myself a writer, per se, um, until I had traveled the country by Amtrak train when I was 25, trying to find myself. And I was writing poetry and being very pensive and uh, melancholy and all that and uh, you know existentialist angst had led me to explore the country by train and so I traveled all over and just wrote a lot of poetry maybe a lot of bad poetry but um, do you still have it I don't I don't I I had lived in New Orleans and I lost all my belongings in New Orleans sadly but Mm. um, but uh, you know I do remember a lot of what I was writing at the time and I'm kind of glad (laughs) <laughs> I, I write differently now, but um, but I was really seeking and yearning and you know exploring who I was and uh, on the train, you know, and just thinking a lot. And so I um I always thought of myself as an artist and a painter. And so and I played piano since I was four, um, and I I just needed a creative outlet. So. So working all the time, taking care of children, holding in all my creative energy. I always have ideas. It wasn't a day that went by. I have this idea. You know, I'm always bursting with ideas. And I think some of us are just more uh, sensual as far as the senses. So for me, cooking was a meditation. It was an out, a creative outlet. So I found myself wondering what I wanted to really write about. And um, I had started a blog uh, previous to the sensual foodie called Erotica Du Jour. And Erotica Du Jour, 
I loved, and it was my baby. And three months into it, Erica Jong had contacted me via email and said, I absolutely love your blog. I would love for you to contribute to my next anthology. Meanwhile, would you review my new book called Sugar in My Bowl? Or Sugar in, yeah, I think that's what it was called. So she sent me the galley. The first time I got the email, I thought it was a joke. I thought someone was pranking me. Mm -hmm. I thought, wait a minute. Erica Jong is emailing me, <laughs> telling me she likes my writing. This is crazy. How is this possible? So I didn't really take it seriously until she followed up with her galley. And I went, wow, this is real. So I reviewed the book and I posted a lot on Erotica Du Jour. And that was really kind of my creative thing. I was really into it. I um, had written Erotica um, along the lines of more like Anais Nin style, very poetic and beautiful. Um, but I, um, I wanted it to be a forum. I wanted it to be more of like a magazine for uh, literary, you know, erotic thoughts, like a more nonfiction and essay. But it was just me writing. Nothing to do with food. Nothing to do with food. However, um, cooking really was my pleasure and going to the farmer's market. So then I started thinking about, well, why don't I write about food and the sensuality of food? And, um, and then that's kind of how it evolved. I, I discovered in my own journey in life that sensuality was very important to me, that I needed this pleasure, and that's what I mean. The pleasure of eating, the pleasure of cooking, the pleasure of the sense and, you know, the colors and visuals of food was very um, inspirational to me. So I started to really lean towards more writing about food than writing about er erotica. Uh -huh. And I wanted to bring them together. And I thought, how can I do this? And I had at the time one Twitter handle called, um, but it was Butterfly Du Jour. And um, now I've lost the password, and I don't, I don't know how to get it. So whoever is, if you get a butterfly du jour, I don't know. I, I kind of <laughs> lost it, but I think erotica du jour now is dormant um, because I really wanted to give all of my energy to, to to the sensual foodie, and I didn't want there to be any misunderstanding of what the sensual foodie meant. And I think we tend to equate sensual with sexual, and that's not what I meant. What I meant was the pleasure and sensory experience of food. And that's really what I meant. It was kind of more of a European mindset. Um, and I was inspired by the writer Isabella Allende, who had written a book called Aphrodite and Memoir of the Senses. And it was about her experience with food and sensuality. And I was really inspired by that. I still keep it by my bed and, and leaf through it. It's, it's just kind of a special book. So I really started to, to take the sensual foodie seriously, and I didn't really intend on being a recipe writer or a reviewer or a critic. I just really wanted to talk about the pleasure of food and eating and cooking. So, Who taught you or who, 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 who linked those two things together? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's very personal, but mm -hmm. um, uh, was that something that you had to be taught or was that just something that naturally came to you even as a toddler? <laughs> um, I grew up in a house where we had TV dinners. Uh -huh. Very and, sensual. And, you know, Rice Krispies, <laughs> Cocoa Puffs, Cocoa Pebbles, you know, all of that 
stuff. And, Where was and, this? And in Los Feliz. Oh, I grew up in the hills of oh. Los Feliz, where I skinned my knees a lot on the on the, the hills, <laughs> riding my bike or roller skating, which I was obsessed with. Um, but I uh, I really loved having um, being at my grandparents' house, which was up the street, and my grandmother always threw these amazing parties. And she um, had a lot of food and friends, and it was just this very happy, joyous place. What so, kind of um, food would she have? Oh, gosh. Was she, like, cocoa-pebbling it? or She was casseroling it. Okay. She was casseroling <laughs> it. She was joy of cooking. Okay. Betty Crocker. Um, she was the, the typical 50s housewife, you know. I mean, she, she was cooking a lot, actually, at that time. And she even took... A course in Chinese cooking. Oh. Which she was very proud of. Wow. And she even tells me, oh, you know, she'd have the recipes taped up onto all of the cabinets. And she was really into Chinese cooking. And um, our family being very liberally Jewish, um, we have that link. So it's like she loved to make, you know, the green bean casserole for Thanksgiving and the noodle kugel and, um, you know, all of those things that are very cozy. So I am drawn to cozy food, and I don't want to say comfort food, but I am drawn to it. Um, you know, things that bring warmth and comfort, I, I really love the most. Um, I'm not really so much into dining in, in those, you know, fancy places. I mean, I've done it. You know, I've gone to Melise and you know, all of those wonderful places. Um, and I do respect chefs um, as far as their creativity and what they're doing. And I, I would never think to ask for substitutions, even as a vegetarian. Um, so there have been, within the past several years, dinners, including Eddie, with Eddie, where I've tried things that I wouldn't have normally tried, such as snake, which so I So you are try. no longer vegan? Well, generally, yes. Okay. But it's very loose. Loose because I am about the experience of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I generally do keep a mostly vegan, if not vegan vegetarian, because I do love cheese. And Kite Hill does do amazing vegan cheese. Yeah, but I do I've love heard good things about Kite Hill. You know, French, stinky French cheese, which I consider an aphrodisiac. But I have tried things that I'm surprised I've tried. And it's really about the experience of that. It's not something that I do every day, but it's it's really about the experience. And um, so there have been some things that that I have tried. I, I was surprised that the snake skin salad tasted so similar to seaweed salad. Huh? Yeah, I had to put my mind there in order to really go with it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting. The texture of it, you mean? The texture, maybe not some. Well, the flavor was curiously close Mm. um but it was it was really kind of good you know and and i i almost couldn't really think of it i also thought to myself that sometimes um it could be seen as or experienced as sort of a not a sacred thing but just sort of a a very special thing when when there's you know and i love animals i'm all for you know but I, but I, you know, the chef had that the snake, and it sounds so horrible to say, but he had it in the walk in to slow it down. I watched him, he like just chopped the head right off. It's kind of crazy, but Chef Lupe is a little crazy. In a good way. <laughs> um, but it was really an interesting experience to 
try snake and eight courses. And he used every bit of that snake, so it was appreciated. And it was it was kind of um I wanna say like not a magical experience, but it was it was one of those things that you you kind of marvel at what he could do and his masterful presentation of, of every bit of that snake. Did you have the same reaction physically as Eddie did, where your well, blood was pumping? And... That's our... Did he tell you that story? <laughs> he told me about his side. I'd like to hear your side, because it sounded like a very masculine yeah. side of him. That, so. Well, that... Okay, so, so that dinner that I was at was not a reenactment, but a sort of a part two to see if it was truly an aphrodisiac quality of the snake. Now in Eastern medicine, they would, you know, attribute quality to it's either very yin, very yang, cool, hot. So that was taken into consideration with this dinner. But the first time, um, Eddie and I had just started seeing each other. And um, he was very shy. He was not making any fast moves. (laughs) And he was, you know very, very polite, very timid, very gentlemanly. And I thought, gosh, I'm just going to make out with this guy for a year on a park bench. And that's okay. I, I really am, can be okay with that. <laughs> it was kind of romantic. So I didn't expect him to come over that night after the year of the snake dinner, like a beast, a beast, an absolute beast. Snake does that. <laughs> but it did. And so um, without going into any detail, um, I was very actually kind of concerned for him because he was feverish and sweaty and his heart was palpitating really fast. And I thought, did he take Viagra? <laughs> Snake, a.k.a. And he, Viagra. And he, his eyes got all glassy and he was delirious and this sort of sexual frenzy. And it was kind of really crazy. Yeah. He didn't expect it. And I did not expect that at all. He pretty much mauled me. You know, oh in, a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I mean, it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's happening here? As he throws me onto the bed. Um, but um, I did worry about him. I did. I was. But you worried. didn't have that same. Thing. I, you know, the second time, um, of course, Eddie and I, and and then uh, Chef uh, Liang said, now, because uh, I was worried about the effects, and he said, now it is very young, um, and I think it has to do with some of the herbal um you know he puts he puts some herbs into the soup some chinese herbs into the soups and i loved the soup and he says only one only one because it'll give you too much power he says so he says only one bowl for the woman for women uh and it was so good this consomme he made this beautiful consomme i want to have more power golden bowl And it was made with the flesh of the snake, sort of a, you know, a consomme. And then um, it had uh, these lovely um, garnish of chrysanthemum petals Mm -hmm. and lemongrass and bamboo and shiitake mushrooms. It was so beautiful. I was really digging it. It was so good. And I thought, okay, I'm I'm not going to overdo this. I didn't have any of the flesh. I just had the soup. And... um, and he, Chef Leanne kept kind of smiling at me like, you want to slow down on that. <laughs> but I did start to feel a rising energy. So it was coming from here. 
and I felt this rising sensation, and I was not imagining this. Right. And it started to go up the from base your, of my So my from your neck, stomach up to from, your... From my stomach all the way up through my neck, and I started to feel it at the base of my skull, and it was like this energetic pushing, if I can... It, yeah. If you've had acupuncture, you know that feeling. Yeah. Where you can feel it's the meridians. Flowing. It's a flowing energy. It's energetic. Your chi. Yes. I did feel it. And then I started to get a little woozy, and I thought, oh my gosh, what? And I didn't expect this, really, I didn't. And Eddie, I leaned into him, and I said, are you feeling weird? And he says, a little bit. I feel a little in my head. And I said, oh, okay. But it was a different feeling. It was um, kind of um, achy in a, in a pressure. There was a lot of pressure happening, a lot of energetic pressure happening. I didn't feel sensual. I didn't feel like, oh, honey, let's go home. You know, I didn't feel that. I just felt kind of like I just wanted to cuddle. You know, I just wanted to be held. And so what did we do when we got home? We cuddled That's all sweet. night. And, <laughs> and even Eddie said, you know, I just feel really loving. I just feel really cuddly with you. <laughs> so that's what we did. We just snuggled. <laughs> oh, so sweet. <laughs> I have to tell you, too, um, our first date, he took me to Matthew Kenny's make. Oh, yes, which no longer exists, Right, it's no longer there. Matthew but... Kenny is a very accomplished. Yeah. Is he raw? He's yes. a raw vegan well, chef. Well, now I think I'm not sure about the plant food and wine. I think they do have some cooked. I'm okay. not sure. But make was a raw It place. was a raw vegan restaurant. Yes. And he loves, Eddie loves vegan food. He really does. In fact, when we went to Crossroads, he loved the chicken and waffles. I love the chicken and waffles too. Crossroads on Melrose has a chicken yes. and waffle vegan situation happening that is so delicious. It, there was a table full of guys that were clearly first timers and they're all, they seemed all carnivorous uh -huh. and they were really amazed and we were, you know, eavesdropping. They're like, wow, this is so good. You know, and they were just really amazed by how good the food is. You know, it's just so fun to see people just enjoy plant-based cuisine. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean they have to only eat that or change their life or whatever, but, it, you know, it can inspire them. So I have to ask you, because the way you talk about food is so sensual. Um, <laughs> the way you talk about food is a relationship with food mm -hmm. that I feel a lot of people, women in particular, mm -hmm. um, are striving for with this slowing down, feeling, mm -hmm. understanding, relating, um, and not just gobbling down everything, which right. is something I struggle with personally. Mm -hmm. So I feel like whenever... Um, Whenever I read like a book about like because I I have struggled with uh, binge eating, mm -hmm. uh, whenever I read a book, it's always like set the table, yeah, light a candle, <laughs> do all this stuff. <laughs> is that what you do? That is what I do. And who taught you that? You know, book. No book. <laughs> you just knew to do that. Now, is this going back to your grandma and her casseroles, or is this like I don't know if it does. Um, um, I think I just really. Um tend to be a slow moving person. I, I prefer slowness and I, I like to take everything in and experience it. So it, it is 
um, I get the most frustrated and agitated when I have to hurry. Yeah. Of course, Eddie will tease me because it takes me three or four hours to make dinner. And meanwhile, the kids are all clawing the, you know, <laughs> the walls saying, when are we going to eat? So um, he does kind of help me with that. Like, you know, just come up with like, hey, why don't you give them a snack? You right. Know, like, oh, but I'm making the soup and it's going to be so nourishing for them. And he's like, okay, it's 10 o'clock now, you know. But um, yeah, I, I think I always kind of have been that way. I think I, I just really like the experience of setting the table, of preparing a meal and going to the farmer's market. And, and it just really is pleasure to me. And maybe it's kind of a stress reliever, mm -hmm. you know? So um, uh, I, I'm with you on the eating, um, and especially for women, um, that we can just be so critical of ourselves and, um, and hard on ourselves. And, and how it, you know, food and our relation to food and, and our bodies. And I think, for me, it just comes down to being loving to oneself. And that was part of what I started finding on the path of writing The Sensual Foodie was that I wanted to share with women the message of taking care of oneself. And, and yes, romance is a part of it, but all, almost like romance, romance for yourself. You know, so I think that's really important that when we're relating to our food, um, I want to encourage women to just really take pleasure. You know, I think we can examine it too much or, oh, is it clean eating or is it vegan only or is it, you know, and we kind of take it apart, whereas we can just enjoy it. And, okay, so I had a, you know, bowl of ice cream last night and I, instead of feeling bad about it, I just want to really enjoy this because why should I feel bad about it? You know, I mean, really, I mean, it's a pleasure. So I think to try and help women particularly, but most people in general, really take more pleasure. And that doesn't mean gluttony, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, pigging out and kind of feeling bad after. It just means just maybe go slower and really appreciate. Maybe you don't have to have the whole bowl, maybe you have a spoonful. Just not to, to attach guilt to that or, or, you know, oh gosh, I feel so this about my body and I do it. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, I... I I'm, you know, feeling this or that about my body. And I, I try to stop myself there and go, okay, I really love my belly. I have one and I need to love it. So why not just show yourself love by preparing something that's good and it doesn't matter what it is really, as long as it's bringing you pleasure. You know, I mean, uh, I think that taking away the judgment um, and that includes our own judgment of ourselves and, and critique of ourselves. So I think if I have a message, it's really to show people how to embrace themselves, how to enjoy uh, their food, and how to really find pleasure in cooking and eating and sharing it with others. So that's kind of really what I've discovered. You know, I've, I've discovered that along the way. I love that. Yeah. We, um, we're in the holiday season right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know when this is going up. This may go up 
either in depending on like the scheduling stuff either in january or maybe february yeah which means people are gonna be like holidays holidays but but we are well let's talk about the now we're in the holiday season christmas is coming and you have a beautiful tree and i'm wondering during this season there's just so much food there's so much everywhere you turn yes just food 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 yes and i wonder if it's ever a struggle for you to still be mindful peaceful oh (laughs) we we got like the holiday rush coming around us and cookies are like flying past past our faces (laughs) and like 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 what happens when you experience something tell me if this happens where Uh you um grab a cookie and shove it in your mouth mindfully while you're driving someplace oh yes i am i am the queen of eating a burrito in the car (laughs) well see there you go so so that is this like a is this something that you embrace and you you as a part of a balance to this other side of you i've had to yeah because as a busy mom yeah and and being in los angeles and driving around in la traffic in a minivan I actually got a dash mount and I thought, why don't I just create a YouTube show called Mom in the Minivan? Because this is my reality. Yeah. And why don't I just eat my burrito in front of the camera? Because (laughs) I I was putting so much pressure on myself to make YouTube videos in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and to show people how I do things. And somewhat of a perfectionist, I did it so much that I didn't do it. And then also, what do you mean you did so much? I I, I did so much perfectionism in my head of what I wanted those videos to be Uh that I didn't make them. Oh, I just didn't make because you couldn't live up. I just couldn't live up to my pressure of my that my whole vision. Mm -hmm. And then one day, I just grabbed my iPhone and just started making them, and edited on my phone and posted on my phone. So like the busyness was really getting to me and frustrating me and making me very cranky. And then I would go to get a burrito and I you know, had to drive here, there, everywhere, stuck in traffic. I'm not cooking. I'm, I'm eating a burrito in the car. This sucks, you know, and I'm like cranky, like shoving. I mean, I would eat a ginormous burrito and I would even as I'm eating it going, okay, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. Stop gobbling. You're, go- you're eating like a Labrador retriever. Stop it. You know, I mean, that was like in my head, but I was like, okay, I'm going to eat half. I'm going to eat half. I'm going to eat half. And then the whole burrito is gone. And somehow that burrito and ends up in your mouth. Yeah. Black beans all over my clothes and cheese in my face and like, you know, dripping, you know, burrito sauce all over me. But at the same time, I'm like, it was really good. But even that's part of the experience, right? I think, like, that's the lovely thing is that, yes, sensuality is, yeah. like, this beautiful thing. But you know what's also beautiful? Burrito juice. All over it's me. All over Just you. covered. Because that is an experience. And why not celebrate it? You know, it's funny is I think somebody who reflects something that sort of, that sort of embracing of the mess as part of what makes you beautiful is Nigella Lawson, yes. who I know that you recently met. Yes, I did. And um, so let's talk a little bit about that because I love Nigella too. She's yeah. actually one of the main reasons I overcame my eating disorder. Yeah. I saw this woman being like, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I was like, really? It doesn't? That's so true. <laughs> um, yeah. And then seeing her in all of her amazingness, her glowiness, just, just 
I mean, even in person, I, mean, I was closer to her than you and I are right now. Oh I was my God. literally almost really? nose to nose with oh, her. I bet she's stunning. She's stunning. She was breathtaking. And her eyes, I felt like she was looking into my soul. Oh. And they were glittering. Like she was like this, to me, she was like this, um, you know, like a fairy tale goddess. Like she was like this princess that was sort of like, she was ethereal and real and earthy and all of these marvelous things that I, I thought she would be. She was. And she, she looked right into me. And here I am holding my cookbook out like a, like a groupie. I'm uh-huh. like, will you sign my book? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and she looks right into me. She says, well, you're quite glamorous, aren't you? And she signed my book. And I, I was just shuddering inside. And I, all I could muster was, thank you. <laughs> thank you. What did she write? She just, you know, to Stephanie, Nigella, oh, you know, nice. just, just, just a simple, she had a line of people. I bet. She had yeah. a line of people. And, um, and then the second time I met her two days later, when, two days later, two days later, <laughs> yeah. Um, I took her, uh, my daughter Sayuri to Williams Sonoma in Beverly Hills to have her cook, her cookbook signed. So my daughter has a signed cookbook as well. Oh, she's so nice. You guys she's also that. a fan. So we went again and, uh, and she seemed a little more relaxed and um, just as beautiful, you know, just porcelain and glowing. And, and, and I do believe that her message is similar to mine, which is what inspired you as well, which is just to really go slowly and don't make it perfect and, you know, plenty of time and don't stress. Yeah. You know? And I have to remember that because I do tend to have that perfectionist streak and I do want everything to be just amazing. And sometimes the simplicity is just as amazing. In fact, a lot of the things that I've made that wowed Eddie, which isn't easy to do, yeah, um, I just threw it together. And I was in a hurry. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put together this because you know I know he wants me to make dinner quick, you know, quickly. And um, one time I made a marinade for. Uh, for a fillet of a really beautiful piece of fish, and it was for him and and my daughter to have, and uh, and I made other things. But the the fish came out of the oven, and whatever marinade I made, I kind of remember what it was. Um, it was so good. He he ate the fish off of the sh- the sheet pan. And he nearly licked the sheet pan. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, this is so good. I hope you wrote that recipe down. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well. But it was just because sometimes I think when we're trying too hard, we're not really, you know, it doesn't come out as well, maybe. Yeah. And and sometimes when we just let go and and not put that pressure on oneself to make everything perfect. And I think that's what Nigella's... Um, about she's you know many of the videos I've watched she's oh you know don't worry you've got people coming over just buy these cakes and put them together and throw make here whip up a little pudding and you put it on top and you you know you have a dessert you know English trifle but um, but her whole thing is about relaxing and finding time for pleasure so I really love that message and I'd love to use that to inspire other people as well. And, and even to remember for myself, I, I know a lot of the times I, I have to do that too because I do pressure myself. And, um, you know, I have to embrace eating a burrito in the car. <laughs> Sounds um, like you have. <laughs> you know, uh, 
Yeah, I I I like to really enjoy, and I thought, gosh, you know, um, maybe this is my thing. Maybe this is my. I'm gonna make this my thing. Just enjoying that burrito while I'm driving. <laughs> well, what? Where's the burrito from? I want to hear more about this burrito. Oh gosh, um, there's so many places around LA, as you know, that are. There's so many places to go, and depending on where you are in the city, you know, you could just find one place and try it out. I, I really love breakfast burritos. Me too. I like a potato and egg situation happening yeah. in a burrito. Yeah, and lots of avocado. Mm, yes, we are so lucky living in, in California that we do get to experience that in our burritos. Yes. Um, we have time for one last question, and okay. this is a kind of a weird practical question, but <laughs> okay. it's a question I have, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who has it, and okay. I think you're the perfect person to ask. Okay. So you're having a romantic dinner. Mm-hmm. You want the food to taste yummy and feel good, mm-hmm. but if you want to get action afterwards... <laughs> You don't want to eat certain foods. Yes. What do you want to avoid? I mean, I think that depends on everyone's body, but let's talk about like what you would serve. Okay. I'm, I've been there. Eddie and I have both been there. I know everyone has. You, I think for me, I've discovered that eating too much ah. is definitely... So like one piece of chocolate, yes... The whole box, probably not. Yeah. So, so eating too much, gorging on food, and and gosh, you know, sometimes I can't stop myself, especially if it's Indian food or Thai food, and it's so good, and I'm already full, and I should stop. Um, I'm kind of a lover of garlic, mm-hmm. and so I don't mind if there's garlic breath. <laughs> I'm really okay with that. Stinky tofu. Not a fan. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. So no I don't stinky think, tofu. I don't think stinky tofu is on anyone's menu for Valentine's it might Day. Be. You never know. <laughs> um, but uh, I think overeating. I think overeating just 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 quenches that fire. You know, it, it just there's there's no uh, lemur if you're feeling like you're having a food baby. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so maybe maybe portioning out Por- slow, something. Slow eating. Slow eating, portioning out. Sharing dishes. Sharing dishes. That's good. That's a really Sharing good one. Sharing dishes. And, and then, then you're experiencing it together. And then leftovers. And leftovers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I so, love it. I love so, it. So, and I'm not sure, like, I'm, I'm kind of very forgiving, you know, uh, I, you know, like garlic breath, don't care. Um, stinky tofu, maybe not. Um, haven't experienced that though, thankfully. Um, but, Me neither. But um, yeah, I think anything that's just going to make you feel bloated and tired or, you know, indigestion's not sexy. No, you know? sure isn't. Yeah, but but I think there's a lot of things that can be considered aphrodisiac. I know that um, if you have a long, very, you know, leisurely meal together, which is a pleasure unto itself, especially if you're, you know, a mom or a dad, you know, if your parents... Or, you know, other people that don't have kids, that they have other demands in their schedule. Just having that time together, I think, is really key. You could be having a, you know, a pot of tea together, you know. Um, but I think also just, uh, you know, that slowness and eating and sharing and experiencing the food is, is really what I would consider aphrodisiac. Um, I did have one time a dinner that followed with uh, lots of stinky French cheese. Now, 
you smell like cheese after you've eaten it. So if you're okay with that, I swear it, it had such a quality to it. It was like, seriously, it, it was kind of aphrodisiac. Because you know? of the creaminess. Something about it. I yeah. Know, that really good, you know, I probably don't want to know how old it is. Yeah. You know? But there's a, a special quality to it. And I, and, but in small amounts. But it does kind of come out of your pores. When I lived in New Orleans, there was this little paella place. I'm sure it's still there. It's called Lola's. And they make all kinds of different paella. And they have this garlic sauce. And this garlic sauce is basically garlic and garlic. <laughs> it's like whipped garlic. And I thought it was butter. It looked like, like butter. Like similar to Zenku Kitchens? Yeah, yeah but... Or chicken? But imagine Zanku in chicken. New Orleans. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. So much so better. New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and I put that stuff on everything I could. I, if I could, if I had a spoon and I could have just eaten it out of, if I wasn't with people, I yeah. could have done it. But my, my bed sheets smelled like garlic for days. That's hilarious. Days. I did, of course, wash them. My skin, it was coming. Oh my gosh, but it was so good. So good. Totally worth so it. So if you're a garlic lover and you don't mind your partner smelling like garlic, it's okay. But I think to each their own, you know. So French cheese, garlic. In small quantities. Also, of course, don't drink too much. Because okay. that's, that's not fun. You know, if you're if you're too drunk to, you know, make out and pay attention to what you're doing. I I, I really think a little bit of wine is, is lovely. Um, a little bit of champagne, a little bit of wine, but nothing crazy you know and, and it's just enough you know just look into each other's eyes and, and you know just be really happy in the moment so. well on that note thank you so much for sharing <laughs> all of this and where can people find you on the central foodie.com and where else oh i'm on instagram a lot you are so, yeah so at symbol stephanie du jour so at Stephanie Dujour. Dujour, like yes, you have to You have to learn French to I'm find a, Stephanie. I'm a, of, I'm a fan of Ratatouille. Well, you can <laughs> find you can find all of Stephanie's links and information at theactorsdiet.com. And thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you. you.